Yes isn't an answer. Orange. Orange isn't, well, orange is an answer. All right, theme song. <laughs> you have to stop. We don't have the rights to that. Uh, All right, so... And they throw in an obligatory... Higher octave? <laughs> horrible strong bad impression. <laughs> so this is the first episode of the Crash Chords podcast. Um, we want to try something new, so I figured I'd try podcast because I'm lazy and I don't like to write. Um, I do like to write, so you'll be hearing that in vocal form. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> okay, so... Um, this is the first one. I'm sure it'll be miserable, but we're going to try and get through it. Um, I'm obviously Matt Storm, the webmaster. I write articles. I read articles. Post things. Um, basically, the point of this is to talk about music. I'm not a music expert. I don't even work in the industry. I've done minor production gigs, producing demos for friends of mine, but you know, I like to think I have an ear for music, so this is something different to do. So that's the plan. Um, I've had most of my expu- music experience was focused in the 90s. I'm a whore for Eve 6, Matchbox 20, Third Eye Blind. That's the type of stuff I like to listen to a lot. But, you know, I dip my fingers in a little bit of everything. Um, I'm also here with Steve and John. John, who writes under Listen to White Noise, um, they're going to talk a little bit about themselves also. So, John? Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, this is John. Um, I was always growing up a uh, uh, classic rock kind of guy, and then I discovered punk rock and alternative in high school. It wasn't until high school that I actually got anything past, like, 1972. Well, as did most of us, so. Yeah. That worked. Well, because... If we were raised right. Yeah, and mom and dad didn't buy me CDs. Exactly. Um, I had a lot of vinyls until then, but... <laughs> and I'm I'm a novice writer, dude. I do lots of writing and not a whole lot of publication because most of what I write sucks, so... And uh, growing up, I was always listening to music. That was a huge thing for me growing up. Uh, southern rock, classic rock, punk rock, alternative rock, every type of rock, jazz, classical. I mean, I listen to everything. Meteorites, um, gravel, stone. Yeah, I just love rocks. Igneous, uh, a couple of the rocks <laughs> like that. Um, that's my line. Yeah, and my dad... A rim shot can't be your line. Shh. It's not words. <laughs> no, my dad, my dad taught me very early on that rock and music equals life, and that was me growing up. Steve? All right. Uh, My name is Steve Nagel, if that helps. I'm actually going to talk credentials here. I just today got my degrees in the mail, so I'm a writer in two forms. That's a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and a Bachelor of Science in Theory and Composition. So I try to write both. I think I'm better at music than I am at writing, but I do both for the hell of it. And And you got uh, two nice placemats. Yes, yes. Yeah, there you go. I was actually very annoyed. They don't even say music or English on those. They just say Bachelor of Arts and Bachelor of Science. Yep. So as far as I'm concerned, I just have degrees, nameless degrees. In any case, uh, I'll probably be bringing more of the technical music to the table. So watch out for a lot of extreme elitism. So what, what Steve is it. saying is he's the only one here with credibility, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Well, I also uh, should say that I'm classically trained. I play piano, so I grew up on a lot of classical music. I have an idea of what instrumentation means. I have an idea of context that is both song and album. 
And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a hard ass in this whole entire podcast. That's basically what I'm saying. The plan is to talk news and stuff, but unfortunately I've been a hermit lately, so I don't actually have any music news um, to start of. But we did listen to the new Linkin Park album today, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, it came out last Tuesday called Living Things, and it's a Linkin Park city. Uh, we'll get more into that. But first I want to talk to talk about my album of the week. Well, I'm going to try and do an album of the week every week, um, not always me talking about it, sometimes John, maybe even Steve, depending on what they bring and what they want to talk about. But the one I want to talk about is Jonathan Colton's Artificial Heart. It's his newest album. It came out, I want to say back in February, but I'm not 100% on that. I'm sure if anyone reads and decides to comment, they'll correct me anyway. That's your job. What's That's my... the person listening to this right now. You. That's your job. You correct us, all right? Um, it's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> but Every minute on the minute. <laughs> But Artificial Heart is a fantastic album from Jonathan Colton. He continues in his folk roots with um, a lot of good humor and just great songs. One which was written completely in French called Je suis Rick Springfield, which is about Rick Springfield trying to pick up chicks with his high school knowledge of French. And it's very well made. I assume the French is accurate. I don't speak French. I took it in college. It, it, was, it was pretty good. Okay, well that's good to know. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for that. Um, he uh, has done some uh, collaborations as well on this album. He did a song called Nemesis with uh, John Roderick, which is a buddy song uh, about being enemies, which is also a lot of fun. It was very much in the same vein of Jonathan Colton's other music. Um, it's nice to see him releasing a full-length album instead of doing the song on the week on the internets, which is how he became famous. You know, that thing that we're trying to do, become famous we're on not. the internets. No, we're not. Um... <laughs> But all in all, I would definitely give it, um, for me, probably a 4.5 out of 5. The scales may change, the rating system may change, who knows. But for now, I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5. I really like it, it's very good. There are only a couple like of the tracks. Metric system? The metric system yes. we're using? For well, we may have to convert it if we go overseas, so <laughs> okay. I figure we go metric now, we don't have to convert anything. Sounds good. But, uh, but all in all, I very much enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing him again live sometime soon. Um... But let's get on to what this episode will probably be about, mostly, and that's the new Linkin Park CD. We, the three of us gave it a listen before we started recording, and uh, mixed feelings, to say the least. Yeah. It was two different albums. That's the only way to describe it. First was The first half was the Linkin Park album, and the second half was a brand new type of Linkin Park. And there was, n there was no flow. That was my biggest issue. With the new stuff. Well, as far as I'm concerned, considering I'm the outsider here, I'm not a Linkin Park fan, so I really can't tell you what they've done previously, but I've heard glimpses of songs here and there over the past ten years or so, and whenever I heard it, I was like, ah, great, it's Linkin Park, that's about all I can take. And I still kind of got the same impression from this album, so I'm sorry to say I'm not hearing anything that's about to win me over into the Linkin Park fandom. Yeah, if you like breakdowns with high notes, uh, you'll like the first half. That's the easiest way to explain the first half. But I yeah, there was, actually there were definitely some gems there. I'm the the sure. second half, the, when they started, when they stopped being Lincoln Park and their formula, which they've perfected, and I'm tired of. When they started doing more interesting things, it was it was really nice, and it shows that they actually do have a range that a lot of people don't give them credit for, hmm. which is why their last album bombed. Right. And 
It was interesting. It didn't all work, but it was definitely something that I'm going to enjoy. The other songs are very forgettable. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to love them. You're not going to hate them. You're just going to listen to them because they're background noise. The, the, the more interesting songs, uh, like Victimized and uh, Lies, Greed, Misery. My problem with Victimized was, is it, it, I mean, it had a much heavier sound than anything else on the album, but it was a minute and 46 seconds long. They tried something new, and then it's like they were playing the song, and halfway through it, eh, this isn't working. Let's, let's try something else. It was very brief, but I've been saying for 45 minutes, it had a lot of a punch to it. I mean, the song was definitely memorable in the album. That's 45 seconds that I'm going to remember. That's what's in my head right now. I yeah, mean, no, every song doesn't have to be 3.56 minutes. I mean... Uh, it, obviously. Uh, there's plenty of people who write six-minute songs. But I think also the best part about Victimized was that it... it uh, flowed so well into Roads Untraveled, which was the most original song on the whole album. That one I really liked. It was very good. It yep. was very well made. And, but then from Roads and then that Untraveled... that had the absolute worst transition in the entire and album. And for the rest of the album, it just kind of plummeted. It was this kind of... Well, you had said earlier when we were listening to it, the problem with this album is it's like they recorded two CDs and said, well, we don't have enough for one, so let's put them together. No, it's, it's not even that. It's They sucker you in with the first half. Right. The f- A side is, mm-hmm. you know, Linkin Park... And B-side is, listen to this if you actually like us for who we are as opposed it to the as, general tones we make. It might as well have ended at Roads Untraveled. That was actually a pretty good finale. Oh, uh, no, no. And then the yeah, second yeah. I heard the transition into the next track, I, I was done. There was I no was, transition. There was a car accident, and they went to the next song. Pretty much. I mean, um, also, a lot of albums typically have one formula of, you know, it's either songs that are very individual, and they don't, they don't need to mesh together. They're kind of a separate statement each song. Or there are albums like American Idiot or even 20th Century Breakdown where they're, 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 it's the story it's, they're telling. It's the Pink Floyd Wall formula. Right, where it's a story and they're all related. Yeah, the concept Th- album. This, this album, is definitely no concept album. Th- this, this album was neither. This album was, hey, let's just take some songs. and Like the first like you said, the first half sounded like an old school Linkin Park album, so there was kind of this connectiveness. And then the second half of the album was so unrelatable, and it was just... So many different songs that didn't mesh well together at all, it just didn't make sense. And taking the songs individually, though, there is gems. There yeah. is good songs there. Roads Untraveled there are good songs and Victimized. Those are really speak. the two. Well, no, Lies, Greed, The, the uh, beginning of the album there. in general, I like. I liked the tone of it. I can't yeah. really call them gems, though. It still is in the good half of the album, but that's just what gives you a prelude you know, to culminate in Victimize and Roads Untraveled. Those you are really the two the cha- signature songs. These, songs. these songs, you don't change the channel unless you really want to hear something else. That's what the, you're saying. The thing is, everything... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and, and like every, if it everything, came on on the radio, you'd listen to it, you wouldn't go to reach the change for the station. Sure. It's yeah. background music, that's yeah. it. But that, that's, you know, that's really not something to brandish it. The, my biggest problem with this album is that their last album was panned by a lot of people because it was so different from all their other stuff. But I like that. I like that they tried something new. This seems like they're returning with their tail between their legs and said, hey, let's make formulaic songs like our old albums for our fans, sucker them in, and then we can still have the new stuff on the second half of the album. And that just doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to keep trying something new, keep trying something new. I mean, yes, a lot of the songs didn't work, but they were different. They, I mean, you said it yourself. A basic Linkin Park song is hip-hop, oh, Chester yeah. singing the smooth part, yeah. and then right, right, before the, right after the breakdown, a big heavy chord in the chorus again. Or, and this is really cruel of me, albums make more money than EPs. Therefore, they put they, two EPs yeah. together to make an album. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, that's a whole different thing because albums just don't sell 
as well as these two anyway. I'm gonna say though that like the biggest problem with this album is that I was especially compared to the the most recent work, they were maturing. And a lot of bands never matured. Right. Um some bands pretended to. Weezer's a perfect band that never matured but pretended to. Right. They did a really good job pretending. They had a good shtick though, Weezer. Lincoln tried to mature. They tried to become different. They tried to, you know, I'm a grown-up now, let me play some more grown-up style music. Their fans hated it. Yeah. And their fans never really changed in age. Right. That's going to actually stifle their ability to make music. They're going to stick by the formula because that's what they're going to be able to do and not get, you know, hurt by the record labels or hurt in their pocketbooks. And that's something they have to think about. It's because safe. in order, yeah, in order to keep making money, so they can keep making albums, they have to make the right music. That's a problem, which is why I do like the fact that they did throw in some of the more unusual songs. I would have liked them to not stock the second half of the album and try to get a better flow between their basic stuff and their experimental stuff. Honestly, if they had set up this album like a standard unrelated album and kind of inter- intermingled. The tracks that were new with the tracks that were old, it probably would have been better because it would have... Each track would have been more distinctive. You wouldn't have gotten the first three, four tracks in a row just forgotten in a haze. Mm. Right. And it would have pulled... Essentially, the overall vote, I think, on this album is if you're a diehard Linkin Park fan, it doesn't matter what we're saying because you're going to buy it anyway. I'd give it like a three. It's a solid... It's it's not terrible, but... Two. It's... it's, it's <laughs> I gotta you don't say count. two. Hey, uh, it's no, it's a solid three. I mean, right, it is well, it is a B average, a B minus C plus average album. This is not going to win them any awards, but it's, it's not, not going to award them new fans. But it's, it's not it's, going to lose them fans. All right, I agree with that. But even just to take it a step further, like while we're you know really promoting Victimize and Roads Untraveled, even those two tracks don't they kind of come off to you as those courtesy, changing it up for the sake of changing it up kind of tracks? Yes and no. It's more like they were trying to do, especially Victimize. Victimize was like they were trying to do old old school, like Disturbed or, or something of that genre yeah. with their own flavor. And it worked. They just couldn't keep it going. They yeah, ran out they, of steam with that. Yeah, it was, it was um, a very repetitive 45 seconds, but that's why it's only 45 seconds, because it, it's good for those 45 seconds. Yeah. Any longer, it probably would have been and, redundant. Rhodes, Rhodes wasn't. I, I think they were just. Less that was trying a most creative do, song. Yes, but Let's I don't go. think they were trying to do it to be like, oh, we're different. But I think they wanted to do it because they wanted to do it. I think that that was purely they felt like doing this song. Yeah, but when, when bands come out with, you know, new albums and they're trying to make a little bit of a statement, like where we're evolving, we're a little bit different than we used to be, it usually helps to conduct it in context of the whole album. There needs to yes. be some. Like oh, elements throughout the entire album that are making that statement, and this was just that one track. Yeah. It's a, it it that's no. why I say it's a courtesy. You're, you're mm-hmm. right. I, I think I agree also because like there are other bands who have recently released albums that were very different from their past that didn't have those courtesy here you go songs like Blink 182's last album Neighborhoods was different from anything they had done before, and they didn't kind of throw in these kind of hey here's our poppy funny song so you can. Remember, we're Blink-182. They didn't do that. Yeah. And they just, they said, we're evolving. We're going to try something different. 
and here it is. And a lot of people like it. That was an interesting album. It was. I, I, honestly, I didn't hear it enough to truly say I love it or hate it, but it's not something I'm going to change channels on. And yeah, I, I see where you're coming with that, because that's... They, they decided to do something different, and they stunk with their guns. Lincoln already tried that. And failed. And failed. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm not even like a huge fan of Blink-182 personally, but the, the people that I know who who swear by that band, they live and die by it. Every single album that comes out, they they are always down with them. They're like every... Yeah. They're inventive. They... I don't know. They're always fun. Yeah. Lincoln Park, not always fun. Uh, Lincoln Park, old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is they're still trying to be that late 90s, new metal, pop rock, hip-hop band that people kind of grew out of. I mean, I still love those old songs, but I don't know that I would have gotten into Linkin Park if they came out with that music now. I might well, have because... Not. Certainly not. I mean, they're, 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 they're living I'm off atypical when the it early comes, 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm kind of atypical when it comes to a fan of music. I listen to just about everything. But I still don't know that I would have gripped them as tightly as I did in high school now because the music was very much high school. You know, well, like I don't think you would have gotten into Weezer if Pinkerton came out now. Or Correct. If you would have got, you wouldn't have yeah. gotten into Disturbed if Stupefy came out now. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely see that. The thing is, I can just tell when a band is really running out of ideas, and this this struck me as one of those albums personally. Yeah, there's a couple of bands like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely can see where you would pull that from, especially someone who's looking kind of on the outside in, is not fogged with the "I love Lincoln Park" goggles. You yeah. kind of just took it for what it was, and you could see. The... I am hearing the previous decade. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Well, you said you said specifically. Nothing bad about that decade. Let me just put that out there. This, I'm just this saying. Sounds like the, like like a band just took something from the '90s where you got the breakdown on the power chord. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's what Linkin Park did. Yeah. They perfected yeah. that. That was their formula. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're sensitive. We're sensitive. We care. We care. But we're passionate. Yeah, that <laughs> was pretty much very the '90s. Well, their yeah. first five singles, in a nutshell, was pretty much that formula. Yeah. All right. What's up next? Um, well, you had said that you had wanted to bring up something. And, of course, I forgot to write it down. Oh, no. Okay. The Internet's effect on music. No, uh, not just the Internet, but in general, your take on how technology's evolution, both Internet uh, tools, programs, and how the computer is changing music. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just the Internet. I mean, YouTube and things like that are explosive and huge. I mean, YouTube itself... Well, who has, doesn't love YouTube? It's where someone can get kicked in the nuts and get 80 million hits. No, it's not It's not that aspect of YouTube. It's not the, the camaraderie that comes along with YouTube. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's the availability. I don't think I've ever heard someone put camaraderie, camaraderie. in YouTube in the chainsaw. But talk about, talk about Afro uh, Ninja, all right? I right. mean, that was one of the first big YouTube videos. Right. Everybody's seeing it, and everybody can go nostalgically, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's kind of ridiculous that you can go, like, halfway across the country and, and you know, try to start up a conversation. Have you guy. seen? Yeah. That's the first thing that's going to come and up. And you're going to talk about you new YouTube clips. But the big yeah. thing I have with YouTube is that if you think you can sing, if you think you can dance, you can try to become a star on YouTube. And that's okay. The issue is, specifically to YouTube, I don't like the way people treat each other on that. But that's not even the issue I'm really want to talk about. It's the worst message board site in well, the, oh my on the God. face of the internet. <laughs> but the big issue I have is I think music is making it. Uh, I think uh, technology is making it too easy to make music, like in general. 
I agree and I disagree, but I, I definitely... Yeah. The, the problem with technology being so accessible and everyone and their mother having an iPad or a Mac or whatever is when I was a kid, I had no idea how to make music. Once I hit high school and I discovered some programs and mostly, especially in college... Fruity Loops. <laughs> Fruity Loops, yes. Fruity uh, Loops. But like right now, I have Audacity on my computer. It's a free program. It allows you to mix basic stuff. And anyone can download it. And I mean, you know... Five, ten years ago, you know, it was impossible hey, to record. Put it out there. I know music. some people who do absolutely amazing thing with things with Fruity Loops. I mean, right. like, you do have to have. You can't. You can sure you can tinker around as an amateur musician, but I believe that the people that really turn out the quality stuff are the people that do have musical background. But so the, it is a tool. Like anything di- else, the, it's a tool. But the difference is, is that with the way the internet is now and the way technology is now, for every one. Savant you find You're gonna get 30 assholes Who don't know What the fuck they're doing But think They know what they're doing Exactly And a lot of times It's those that get Honed in on Because because They know how to Market themselves Right Well because it's not Just about the music anymore My best case of how Technology And popularity And TV Is ruining the music industry Is William Hung William Hung was a loser On American Idol Years and years ago uh, no, no. He he really tried his hardest. I mean, we will face with that. <laughs> no, no. He, he's not a bad person. Let's no. analyze this and for, like, for like an hour. No this, really no, this has nothing to do with him. I have no beef with him because he believed in himself. He tried something and put himself out there, and I would never fault anybody for that. Respectful. My problem is with the industry and with TV because they... Uh, so, a music company, I don't they remember put who. put him out there for but, the novelty, though, is what it was. Right, and that's not good, because they exploited someone who actually thought he was doing something good, but they knew. There's no way the company that recorded his music didn't know that it was bad. He sang off-key. They know they would buy because and of the novelty. And that's what's wrong with the music industry, is that yeah. they're selling... They're selling the person. They're not selling the music they make. Okay, I kind of thought that was a tangent, but it was actually a pretty good analogy. I'll, I'll give you that. And, that yes. and, and that's what a lot of the internet has become, especially with Facebook and Twitter and any other instant, the face tweets and the, the tumble tweets, whatever you want to call tumble tweets. Well, yeah, another aspect <laughs> of tumble tweets. Uh, you're getting tweet updates. Well, not me, because I, I don't tweet, and I refuse to tweet, and I'm never going to get that little birdie. Same here. Um, you, you're getting, like, Miley Cyrus and that ilk. Oh, I just took a dump. I really should wipe my butt. Or I just brushed my teeth. I'm going to bed now. Or I'm up at 2 a.m. because I have bad gas. I mean, you're too connected through technology to people in general. And athletes, musicians, actors, these people, 99% of the time, have nothing to add to your life. Correct. The mm-hmm. only good thing that Except Twitter their product, adds and their product is the mar- album. <laughs> the only thing that, the good thing that Twitter adds besides marketing, which is like for albums and stuff, it's easy marketing for artists, is for comedians. For comedians, Twitter was designed for comedians. Be- and they are the only ones who should be using the tool. Because it's 140 characters, that's just enough time to write a bit and a punchline. Perfect little Rodney Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's made for that. And, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know that we'll ever come to a 100% agreement that the internet technology is good and bad, but it, it definitely added great things to the industry, and it's also added awful things to the industry. Because while the music industry itself is, is still alive, but barely, the fact that they added the accessibility to music for iTunes, you know, anyone with... iTunes and its equivalency, yeah. 
iTunes and its equivalency, any MP3 downloading program, is fantastic for someone who's not savvy on a computer. If you know how to use iTunes, you click one button, you get one song, if that's what you want. The ability that you can pay 99 cents for a song instead of having to buy the whole album, if you just like a one-hit wonders one song, it could hurt the band, but it also helps them because they're still going to get the money. People aren't going to dodge their album because they only want one song. They'll buy one song and they get the 99 cents. In addition to that, because of their feature that they offer that you know enables you to get music similar to what you purchased. It like, recommends what yeah. you would and like and helps link the artists together. That's and very, that's very good corporate bulk. decision. Well, you can <laughs> also buy in bulk. When you buy a 15-song album, you're not paying a dollar each. You're paying 75 cents each. It also No, it's great marketing. Right. True. And a lot of the iTunes yeah, yeah, that, that's albums good. That's, that's, good for, that's good for the but, company, but what about but, culture? Culture. It is so easy to just steal it. Yes. It is ridiculously oh, it is, yeah. easy. Yes. I've, got, I've seen albums out on pirate websites before the album comes out. Yeah. It's not hard. It's incredibly easy, yes. And that's... Uh, that, that's, that's and that's like a, a curse of the technology. And that's also why I think technology is... I think technology is, is, is definitely worse than it is good for, the, for music. For music or the music industry? Both. Okay. Then again, just going to put it out there for people that are not financially equipped. I think that the internet, even even though it is illegal and everything, that does give people who would otherwise never be able to get into the you know as be as knowledgeable about a wider variety of music as they could have been. It gives them that opportunity. And those people will then because they didn't buy the album and. A typically will save up and try and go see them in concerts. Group and save to see the act live. Exactly. Well, that actually is true, and I, we don't and know how prevalent that happens, but yeah. Right. I mean, and that's really where the artist gets most of their money anyway. That's the primary argument that actually well, depends I mean, torrenting. Well, I mean, that's why a lot of artists have turned so hard to merchandising and and selling shirts and selling accessories and I mean, yeah, and all that stuff is comes with the concert. I mean, MC Frontalot, uh, nerdcore rapper that I like a lot. He has a whole song that he did with MC Lars about are they indie rappers or are they entrepreneurs? Because they make more money from selling their shirts and stuff than they do from selling their music. And it's true, but but they found ways around it. An artist, if they want to connect with their fans, they'll find other ways. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's mm. true. That is true. But I'm still not buying shirts and hats and going to concerts right. and things like that because I, when I want a musician's music, that's what I want. Right. I don't go out of my way and get, you know, the new Cage CD. I got the new Cage CD. One of the few CDs I've actually bought in the last, like, six months or actually probably one of five in the last year. Specifically because I love the band enough to support them financially any way I can. I love Cage the Elephant. Right. See, that's admirable. And uh, but the thing is, you can't do that with everything. You can't like. No. Some people can. Some people can like you know have an entire library of music in their house, but that's a lot of money. But they're the exception to the rule for me. I mean, I'm not gonna. Other bands don't move me the same way, and I do not enjoy nearly as much to be able to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, but this is just coming across my own personal value, and that is that everyone should be exposed to as much music as possible, because that's how they're going to, you know, I suppose hone in on the more culturally beneficial ones, rather than the crap, the pop, you know? I'm pretty sure that's illegal in a few states. <laughs> well, I, I mean, 
it's definitely undeniably undeniable that technology and the MP3 specifically is terrible for the music industry as it stands now, unwilling to change. But that's the problem: is it doesn't have to be how it doesn't have to the music industry doesn't have to be crushed that way. They have to start changing to work with technology. One of the coolest things I bought in the last year is I was out in LA briefly and I went to see a podcast that I like, The Indoor Kids. And there was a comedian on the podcast, Jonah Ray, he was selling his vinyl albums at the show. His vinyl albums, which were 45s, came with a digital download code for the MP3s. That's different. That's different like and that. makes sense. Because yeah. people like vinyl. Vinyl, we I know, degrades. Yeah, I love vinyl. So why not... That's actually becoming let, a little more common now. Go let ahead. them pay for the vinyl. Let them pay for the hard copy that's worth some, worth a damn. Yeah. And then they get it for free on online anyway. Because they're still going to want to put it on their MP3, their Zune, their iPod, whatever they have. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. I mean, to be honest, I'd be more inclined to buy vinyls at this point than I would be CDs. Only because, like... That itself is sort of a novelty. People like to have vinyls. They they feel old fashioned. There's that claim that they sound a little bit more pure. You know, it, it, this stuff is well, all relative. No. no, no, no. They don't sound pure. To, to be honest, they sound scratchy and beat up. They don't. Ha- that, not if not if they are maintained. If they're maintained, the, no, no, they maintained, no, they don't have to sound scratchy and beat up. Yeah. But not. Oh, it's so that, light though. Like the yeah. technology of vinyl is a long way since the. Yeah, but 50s. that's part of the character of vinyl, and it's sure. It, it adds to the music. Right, but the people, what I'm talking, you know, that are looking, they're looking beyond that. They're, they're going more for the music that's behind the scratchiness. They can deal with the scratchiness. No, 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 no. They're I talking about the... I specifically like that, that sort of, that interference that comes along with vinyl. That is right. very light, that you really can't hear. Yeah, that's all but well and good, but I mean, that that's not even what I'm talking that about. changes the music itself. But I don't think that's what people are buying for. Like, that's the people, the like audiophiles that are really going after... Right, and you're the norm. Yeah, yeah. well... <laughs> Yeah, I like it because it's scratchy. I mean, come on. Most people going afterwards... Isn't that what your girlfriend said to you? <laughs> I like him because he's scratchy. Later. <laughs> but well, as no. I said, most people that are going afterward are going for that bass. That bass sound that you get with vinyl. Right. That, you know, some people, if they're listening to digital copies, they can hear those little bits and bites as it's stacking up, you know, to try to meet the, the peak value. Well, I mean, they've tested it. I mean, uh, an unused vinyl played for the first time will have a better sound quality than anything else that exists today. The problem is once it's played once, it's it will never sound exactly the same. That is true. That is true. And that's that's why I like But fun. you know, we only live like, you know, 80 years anyway, so but we have figure it, come on. Yeah, right, of course. So, you know, how how At that point you'll come to treasure those scratches. And John, you will enjoy them more than anybody oh, when yes. you're 80. Yes, that's true. <laughs> My dad's got an album after the gold rush. I think we got to replace it soon. It's almost dead again. <laughs> I'll be listening to Flack Files when I'm 80 because my ears will be shot at that point and I'll have to hear every bite I can. That's, that's also definitely Anyway, back true. on topic. Um, no, yes or no? Has, well, not yes or no, either or. Has technology been better or worse for music? As a whole, better. First, first music. Better for music? E- easily better because I think availability is the most important. I agree with Steve because even though, yes, we get every shitty band putting their demo on YouTube so they can get it out there, there are a lot of savants and great musicians who might not have had the accessibility to get their information out there without this technology. I discovered bands, locals from New Jersey, that I would have never heard of if it weren't for the web. Um, I'm just going to, my rebuttal will be one word. What? Friday. 
Okay. <laughs> but see... I mean, uh, no, you'd have to okay. sift through a lot of stuff to find And I have a counter-argument to your counter-argument. You, you do have a lot. No, no, you can't say OK Go. You have a lot to no. sift through. <laughs> I, well, yes, OK Go are internet wonders. But besides OK Go, the fact is Rebecca Black is the daughter of a very rich person. And if the technology did not exist, she still would have gotten the exposure. She would have been at some club. She would have been somewhere. I, and I someone would have still paid for it. And someone still would have recorded that album. Because, she because was, that's the she's type young, of father she's got a wholesome that she face, had. And they spent money on it. You know, they knew it wasn't good. They just spent the money on it. They wanted to make it. Yes, the internet has has a habit of re, uh, of showing us these stars that should have never been famous. Uh, look, when, but, it, when it comes right down to it, Rebecca Black will be forgotten. Like, yes, she will be absolutely forgotten. She will not Her lasting impact is not entirely and negative. If it weren't for Rebecca Black, we would have never gotten Stephen Colbert's cover of Friday. This is pop culture. This happens Which anyway. Which is hilarious. This happens anyway. There's always like a joke of the month. And yeah, that was. Rebecca I still Black. think technology in general. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll concede the point on music. You're, you're right. As far as music itself has gone, technology's been good. But it has not been good for the industry. It has no, not been good. No, not, but I mean... And I'll agree. I'll agree. Can't because, stop progress and all that. Yes. I mean, but it's not, it's not the technology's fault. It's the industry's fault. The industry refuses to conform, refuses to change. They think we can just sell CDs till the end of time until whatever the next... Uh, uh, C, CD, CDs... MP3s to CDs is what CDs were to vinyl. It's MP3s are the next step. So stop selling CDs. And I've seen some bands do this. I've seen a Weezer album. They sell SD cards in a little box, and it has the album on it. They're MP3s. I think what John fears is that a giant magnet is going to come over the earth and just wipe out all no, that information. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no, granted, then I guess yeah, we'd that, all have to go true. back and concede. That's I guess true. he had a good point. That horror movie has been made yet. That that would be the ultimate horror movie is the magnet no, man. <laughs> it's, it's less the pirating, and pirating is a huge problem. Yes, and it of has, That's it been has hurt for the sales of the companies and the producers, not the musicians. Musicians... They made more money from tour anyway. No, no, no. Love them or hate them, musicians will still be able to make money off their music. Right. It's, it's, it's more hurt the uh, corporations in the industry. Right. Because they're not selling as many CDs. And that's where they make their bread and butter. Fair enough. Um, I think technology, uh, compared to the music industry, has hurt it. In, in the technology that's out there... Is too much. You get too much music. You get too many things new all the time. And it's true with products. And I think it's also becoming true with music. Okay, you're getting, you're I, getting bombarded I, I with so right many there. stuff right now. You gotta interject there. See, that's, that's, that's true. We are being bombarded. There's a lot out there to choose from. But the way I figure it, that is the best thing to happen for a person who is going to avidly search for music anyway. 50 years ago, the person who was more inclined to, to get all as much new exposure as possible because they were so musically oriented, that would have been really tough. It just, you know, they would have been in their one-horse town and they would have had one record shop. They would have had to go off his suggestions only or would have to save up his money and travel to the nearest big city. All this stuff, that doesn't exist anymore. You go on the internet and if you have the, the basis of searching skills, you can find anything you want. iTunes offers that possibility for going from one thing to the next to the next. You can call through it. The fact of the matter is, what you're talking about is the people who would just give up anyway. Like, no, I'm they're saying they're not too musical. <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because you can easily put yourself out there as a musician, 
we're getting people who, honest to God... We're getting the riffraff, yes. ...should not be musicians. True. They should sure. not be allowed to make noise. True, but I th- you, what you're talking about is the people that put them out, like, put themselves out there on YouTube. I'm talking no, no, about no, just, just the... YouTube, just listenability. Just YouTube. I'm talking about the, the whole networking that's associated with it, from Facebook to tweeting to YouTube. Right, marketing. In ge- yeah, in general. Right, local bands that suck and probably never would have gotten anywhere are getting places now. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Well, honestly, I'm saying people are making the wrong decisions on music. I guess that's what I'm saying. People are choosing the wrong things because of better marketers. Yes. Okay. I follow And I'm not saying everybody's going to have bad ideas, and I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to what you like. I'm, I'm just in awe at some of the terrible decisions marketing has made. Yes, they they, they do definitely push stuff on us that well, we don't want. Well, and it's and it's but then and it's it, all but when, when, it, when it does when you come hear, down to it when you hear here's my number fifteen times from various sources your phone uh, yeah, YouTube gotcha. television commercials uh, on the internet as you're trying to look well, up a search sometimes but you, you also have to, but you have to understand from marketing perspective that's how you market yes. Marketers, because I went to school for this, so I can actually speak on marketing. Oh, you can! You, I have something here. I can have a bachelor of science or bachelor of English. Bachelor of science, actually. Oh, look at that! He's I'm got not the, same, the only elitist. Yay! He's got the same piece of paper. Yeah, the same worthless piece of paper. So, same worthless opinion. With marketing, yes, of course. You know, good marketing just needs good marketing just needs to get your attention. You have to remember the commercial. You also have to remember what the commercial was about. And that's true for music also. People marketing those artists don't give a crap about the music. They care about the artist and getting the information out there. Yeah. And yes, I agree that because of technology, that information's been able yeah, to they, get out there a lot easier. They've always been that way. Like, let's talk like 1920s or something like that. It was a lot of pop music going around yeah. back then. Yeah. This is the beginning of the phonograph era. Yeah. Like, they would always choose what's most popular. Yeah. Always. But, that but is their job. when seeing headlines... On CNN about Lady Gaga having to cancel one of her things in India because she wore meat or something. I don't even remember what it's about, but it's like it's it's even further. And I don't yeah, know if it was if it was a legitimate story because I read it. I don't remember if it was a legitimate story. I don't remember if it. I I just don't know if it was just a publicity spot, stunt or something like that. Mm. But like. Well, when I go when I go to CNN and look at the world politics of going around, I don't have to see Lady Gaga. Yeah, but that has little to do with that has less to do with technology and the more to do with the fact that our country, especially, we survive on entertainment news. That started it's, in the sixties. Yeah. I think that's a cultural thing, not a technological thing. Yeah, because that that's, that, that's, as that's much. the idea no, no, no. that celebrities. No, no, no. Would but the, especially in this specific clout. in this specific case, I've got I got the CNN app on my phone. All right. I get updates when important things happen. Fancy. They decided that Lady Gaga was important to me. Like, I, I, I specifically that's, want... That's less to do with technology, though, and more to do with our but culture, it's like, though. No, but it's... That's it's, people it's who are obsessed more... with celebrities. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective. Like, again, I say this happened in the 60s because before that, you know, whenever someone would speak out against, like, against America or against anything out, right? Yeah. Bitch slap right in the face, exactly. Like, if somebody said, you know, actually, well, the Nazi party has some good points, then pff, no one's gonna buy their album anymore. And people, they would snuff them out like anything else. Then all of a sudden, the 60s comes around. Now, granted, like, <laughs> there is a difference between, you know, speaking out for civil rights and speaking out for Nazism. So maybe yeah. people just decided that, you know, because of the message, 
was better than they were going to listen to celebrities after all. But just, I don't know, it's just a, one of those cultural things. Somewhere, somewhere, someone, <laughs> someone said something good, and it was popular, and then they figured, hey, celebrities have clout. They have a wide array, array of saying things, so therefore, I don't know. Well, news, news decided to broadcast it. That's my but, but why are these people's opinions important when it's outside the realm of their expertise? I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's not important. I'm just saying that was like, that's why we should criticize that. That's not technology. That's the whole discussion here okay. is that I don't think technology is responsible for that change. That's, I have two words that will put that. I, that's yeah. corporate I, I, greed. I have two words that People will, put, will read this okay. article. Okay, well, then, well, let's change the entire question. For the music industry, what has been the most detrimental factor? I, I'm going to assume, Steve, that it's going to be the music industry. Yes. yes. That's your answer. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. So it's not technology. Yeah. I still think technology yes. has gone That's hand in point. hand. Well, with the... No, technology just... With the ever so teams they approaching us in this music. Because one day, we're all going to be listening to the same stuff with different band names. I mean, it's like they're trying to. That's make not everything. true, though. No, no, it's, the thing no, is, that's no, not no, no, true. No. I'm interrupting you. That's not true because as long as human beings have creativity, they'll think of something different. Period. Technology is a tool used by evil, used by good. That's yeah. my point. But I think as simple as it is. Using it for evil. That's that's my whole opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm using it for evil. They could be, but again. So basically, you're just <laughs> mad that they have the nuclear weapon. Yeah, I'm. You're well, mad they have bomb. I'm we need to start some disarmament. I'm just happy that someone unplugged it because they've been hitting the red button for about ten ah, years. Ah, now. ah, but do you want to censor? Do you want to go to China? No, I don't want to censor it. So I mean, I want to censor the people. I want. I want. This got really no, heated. No, no. <laughs> I want very a paradigm very shift wow. of who's actually in charge. I would love for the musicians to be in charge of their music. See, but oh, that's well, starting that's to happen. That, that's the dream. That's the dream, it? and that's what's starting to happen. And you know why musicians have Shut started up. to become in yeah, charge yeah, of their music? Yeah, yeah, I already saw it's the flaw. Of, I saw the flaw in my argument. Yeah, it's technology. Technology. Mm. I, I already saw that. Yeah. Okay. Months you, ago, I interviewed an artist. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> month, shut me up. I'm wrong. Month ago. Months ago. It took ago, a half hour, but he said it. Months ago, <laughs> he said I, it. Months ago, I interviewed an artist named Schaefer the Dark Lord. He's another nerdcore rapper, although he kind of breaks that boundary of nerdcore. He does rapping about other stuff. He's a very nice guy, and we got into a music industry uh, discussion because I had brought it up. Because I was asking the questions. Because that's how an interview works, in case uh -huh. you weren't sure. Well, now we um, and, and we came to the same conclusion, is that while it does have its bad, bad points... It, the technology is the stepping stone to inevitably musicians all being in charge of their music. I mean, there are stars now who've be gotten bigger mostly doing their own stuff without the help of the record industry. Hmm. And then they make their own. There's a punk band called No Effects. They've been around a long time. I'm I know, you're in love fan. with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're one of, they are one of the few kind of punk band mentality bands that's still around where they just kind of make their music tell everyone to fuck off and people still love them. Yeah. And they have they got dropped from their record label, so they made their own. And they they're not playing stadiums, but they play packed houses when I go see them because their fans get the access and they know what their fans want because they're in control of the music. There's no cuts, there's no profit sharing. It's their music, their fans. And they can also sell their music at a much lower level because they don't have so many middlemen to pay. Correct. 
And when which you, also means that their fans are more likely to buy their music. Right. Yes, it's a perfect society. And, and, and I guess <laughs> what I'm really pissed off about is that it's not there yet. Yes. And okay, I'll, I'll stop. Wait, are you telling me that we have advancements and yet? We're still not where we need to be. Next, you're going to tell me okay. that there's... No, no, no. All right, all right. Fine, fine, fine. What I ask gives me a chance just to chime in here and backtrack like 20 minutes. What I was going to say originally was that it's... Again, it's not technology. It's not, It's not. you know, you, you can be mad at the corporations as much as you want. But really what it's about, it's, it's personal choice. It's mm-hmm. education. People need to know what to look for when it comes right down to it. They need. They have the availability. We're giving them all these ways to find new music, but they continue to choose crap. It's just, it, yeah. it, it boggles <laughs> oh, the mind. God. And actually, to your point, and I agree, that's why programs like Spotify, Pandora... Slacker. Oh, I love Slacker. iHeartRadio. Yeah. Um, These are all programs that are designed to take what you like and suggest other things, and they allow you access to this music without paying for it. Sure. But then they recommend how you can buy it. Well, here's a generalization. I, I mean, nobody. Let me scream at me if it's not true, but I, I found that in general, after you're in your 20s or so, People are pretty set for life and what they're going to listen to. Yeah. Now, even at that point, you, you can claim that you are completely open-minded, right? And you might be. You, at that point, you might have, like, you know, several genres that you, you know, swear by, and then you say that you like fusions of those genres and everything like that, but there's just going to be some things that you don't like at that point you're probably never going to like. Like, there's nothing really wrong with that inherently. I think that everyone should be exposed to as much music as possible, but at a certain point, you, your brain has established your your library. That's yes it. and no, because... I don't want right. to believe that. No, well, honestly, like, I, I will agree with Steve only because I listen to everything. You both know that I'm more or less a whore for music. I listen to just about anything. Natural. I'm classically trained. If I sat down and said, listen to a Beethoven symphony, what would you do it? Yeah, well, I listen to Beethoven. I like Beethoven. All right. And I like... Um, Schumann? He has a favorite painting. Bach. He has I a, like Bach. All right, these are the big guys. Scriabin? <laughs> we don't even know how to spell those. <laughs> right. my, my That's point, actually because the there's four ways to spell the, it, really, like in the, the old Russian. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to get to, though, was that I still don't like country. I've never liked country. And I still don't like country because I'm set in my ways. Right, and there's nothing I'm, really wrong with that. I, I'm myself, say, not too big in country. I'm going to say that no. Okay. I, I'm just going to most of what you're going to listen to, but I, people, not you can't just say everybody's going to like the same... Same thing that well, they he like was making up. a generalization. Generalizations always have exceptions. Yeah, but exactly, I'm going to say exactly, it's, exactly. Not, it's probably it's my not... disclaimer. It's not <laughs> a very big part of it either. I, I don't think it's a very big part of, of it. Because my father, I got him into, within the last five years, and he's in his 50s. All right. Uh, Green Day, Weezer, um, a little bit of stuff like Eminem. Ah. I mean, right, I, okay, ah, that's but, not his southern rock that he grew up on. Fair enough. But, but he did listen to rock. So him getting into Cage and Green Day? Yeah, but him getting into no, yes, him getting it does into seem like an easier corn transition. when he grew up listening to Neil Young, that's a little bit of a jump right there. Alright? Listening to Disturbed? Yeah. Because he he, he liked the Eagles I'll growing give you up. That. That, that's that's not Okay. He he changed. And uh, I'm the same way. I, I wasn't into techno. Really heavily, or trance really heavily. Yeah, but then everybody's got that little 80s pop song that has enough synth in it that you like synth when you Um, hear it later on. No, 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 I got really really into techno, not because of of classical music, I'm not joking. Because if you look... I I can't wait to hear this. If you look at the (laughs) formula 
of classical music mathematically and the formula of techno mathematically, okay. you're going to find a hell of a lot of sim- uh, similarities. And one did lead me to the other. I'm not joking. Similar. When you say formula... Look at them mathematically. Because that's a big aspect of music that I don't think people understand more than just instinctually. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, math. Sure. There's a lot of math involved. Yeah. And and look at... Yes, but indirectly. Yeah. But you People can, don't exactly sit down and, you know... You can, Work out though. equations. You do can. It. You can Yeah, well, that was... That. That was, Okay, now that was a thing. In, like, the 50s, the, the la- later end, uh, latter end of classical music, right... We went into something. It looked something called serialism, right? I even started a little bit earlier, around like 30s, 40s, 50s, right? This is what classical music really evolved into. Is when classical music music started getting a little bit crazy around the turn of the century, right? And you know, it started going different ways. They started even incorporating a little bit, you know, from the jazz realm, the ragtime realm, right? That's where you get George Gershwin, like this crazy fusion of uh, classical and big band jazz and swing all together. It's just, you know, it, there's nothing like it in the world. But some people were still very, really rigid. They wanted to be avant-garde, sticking to the classical realm. And they went toward serialism, 12-tone music, and all that stuff. And they really did compose straight off, like, you know, numbers. We were going to... We're not going to... We're not going to give notes letters anymore. We're going to give them numbers now. And, and really one, make two, it three, abstract. Four. One, two, three, four. One, I mean, yes. Oh, I'm talking even crazier than that. It, it gets, it well, gets no. nuts. It gets really, really nuts at that point. Okay, and but... Some of it is really hard to listen to in case unless you like know that early twentieth century stuff like verbatim. It's very difficult. It's considered avant-garde by any stretch of the word. But that's what I think of when I think of mathematical music. Is my point. But I don't uh, think but of. But you, you still. What I'm saying the is accident like accident is what I'm there's, trying there's to say. There's always there's like we were talking before about Lincoln Park and their formula. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There is a math. There, there's a formula to classical music, and there's a huge variety of classical music, and I know there is. Yes. And I know yes. classical music is very different one song to the next to the next to the next. But there's a formula to them that can be generalized yeah. for a large part of it. And if you look at techno and trance and even dubstep, which is why I'm flirting with the well, idea the, of liking it or not. This sounds like something that we'd have to uh, review, like, in private, look over the books, look over all the charts that say that, and I, well, I, no, I'd have to see this comparison. In college, I was a very big, uh, from junior high, I was a very big math person. Math is very important in my life. And that's how I went from one to the next. Okay. No joke. I will say this much as far as a comparison that I see directly. I think both of them use... Pretty abstract rhythms, say a quartuplet or quintuplet or something yes. like that, right? Just throw that in there to to make a melody. You know, like if I had a dime every single time I heard that in a in a techno song, I mean. Okay. Anyway, going back to why I was disagreeing with your whole generalization and my dad. Okay, but I've also gone into to rap and hip hop that I, and R and B that I wasn't really I was never really into and I still see my music, my musical taste evolving. I'm still expanding what I'm listening to. Yes, the point, the point is everybody takes one little thing, right? They perhaps that was the main reason they liked this band in this genre, and if they happen to hear that one thing, however subtle it is in another genre, that could be their bridge. The is that what no, you're asking? That, is that is that your point? No, 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 because I like classical and techno because of their form. They have very rigid form. Even in their flowiness, they have a rigid form. I love punk rock because of the lyrics. 
I like classic rock because of the lyrics. I like a lot of alternative. I like jazz because of the instruments. I mean, each each genre I like is not for the same reasons. No, I, I completely agree. I think the point that Steve is trying to make is that generalization is a generalization. You and your no, father are two people. No, no, I'm no, saying... I'm not done. You, you and your father are two people. And yes, there are people who will change how they feel about stuff and expand and grow. But that's not the majority. The majority of people will stick to what they know and what they like. And I've seen tons of examples of it, especially people who cling to one genre and then obsess over it. I've been known to do it a few times. Right, and that's one way to put it, and I'm also saying I think you're using the bridge theory, which is that one element could perhaps, just perhaps, transition you into another genre which we previously had thought because was I also completely foreign. For, I also know for a fact you don't listen to all hip-hop. You listen to certain hip-hop. It's more about the... Uh, for hip-hop and R&B and rap, it's more about message. Like, that's the reason why I like certain songs. It's the message, the lyrics associated with it. Yeah, but even then, you have to filter through, like, a lot of really, really tacky messages. Like Yeah, and the not-good stuff that plagued the 90s. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and continues to plague the thousands. <laughs> well, yes, I know. It's still... Yes, but... It's still it's, quite rampant. I, I think that the, the fascinating thing about music as a whole is that there are... There is... N I don't think... I don't want to make a general... Ah, fuck it. I'll make the general statement anyway. I don't think any two people interpret music the same way. Period. I don't. That, I'll, I I'm think down that. that everyone interprets music their own way, and that's why one band can release one song, and you can get 80 different opinions, descriptions, and breakdowns, because music is not always interpreted the same way. I know plenty of people who just listen to music as background, something in the car... There are other people, like Steve was talking about earlier... Right. Passive versus active listeners. Right, who will sit in their living room with their headphones on and just listen to music. That or listen to it while they're doing something passive. Like, you talked about watching yeah. like the, the ticker on ESPN. Actually, while no, I music. was... The ticker was the passive part. I was actively, actively that's listening what I'm to saying. music to watch the ESPN As opposed to a ticker. passive listener who puts it on the car just to have it in the background. As opposed to the active listener who has the windows down screaming then, the lyrics out the window. Yep. You know, and I, that's why... Also, I've, also the instrumentalist versus the, the lyricist. Right. Like, I, I, I am the first to admit, as being classically trained, I am far more affected by, you know, a really powerful chord, uh, a really memorable melody, which can still be sung, right? Right. Than I am by the actual lyrics that go with right. that melody, right? I'm just saying that music is really where it's at for me, not so much the message that is going with that. Follow me? I'll just, I'll just try anything once. Or twice. <laughs> Three <laughs> times for good measure. Yeah. Words to live by. Actually, a lot of music, sometimes you have to live, like, like oh, yeah. three, oh, three I'm times. I'm still like, listening to songs that I, I heard growing up, and I'm hearing new things. Like, yeah. there, there is a slim chance, albeit a very slim one, that if, you know, we listen to that Linkin Park album a few more times, we'll we might be diehard fans. Just start enjoying it, or just go, oh, even the songs we like kind of suck. We could recant every theory in this whole podcast. No. No, we won't. No, probably I'm not. I'm way too set in my ways. Probably not. There's, there's nothing that too subtle about what they do. And can you guys believe that we've already been talking for 40, oh, 50, almost 55 minutes? Yes. Yeah. Easily, yeah. because we get on tangents a lot. Yeah. I meant Although, all things considered, very... these were three very defined topics. Right. Linkin Park, the internet, and uh, how, I just find the last one. The last one was a bit Musical trouble. taste. Yeah, yeah general. musical taste. But, um... I would like to try and do these every week, although now that I've said I'm going to do them every week, you know, if I don't... It's not going to happen. Right. Well, but I want to thank you guys for joining me on the first Crash Chords podcast. Um, 
we're going to try and introduce some more structure. There are definitely plenty of other topics to talk about. We're clearly not experts in the music industry. We're just fans of music. All well, one of us has a degree about it, but we're all music fans. And That's okay. I think it's my it, degree does not keep me from stuttering and getting overly impassioned. <laughs> yeah, you all. <laughs> and there you it could, is. You couldn't see that. <laughs> no, but it was uh, funny. So see, laugh along. Right. So, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, please comment on the website. I'm going to try and get this up as soon as possible. Um, I'm sure you'll give your opinions and suggestions because that's how the internet works. So oh, we would love for suggestions on topics. Yes. that will definitely. Uh, if you help have us. a if you have a question or something you want talked about or to bring up, please comment, please post, and we will gladly talk about it unless it sticks. Yeah. yeah, and comment. Feel free to argue any point that's been said today. Right, yes, that. and just on the forums, because we're going to have a little thing that says, you know, do not listen to this if you are easily offended. If you're going to post anything that's in public view, just keep it clean. Yes. We warn people, but I can't warn you because of the warn people because of your posts, all right? All right, thank you guys for joining us, and remember, uh, music is life, and life is good.